Let's go to Ezekiel 37, shall we? Ezekiel 37. This is dry bones part two. Uh, because I think after part one, not everyone's back on fire. So there's a few that still need a bit more, including me. So we're going to read some of these verses that you'd know pretty well by now. But uh, actually, by the, <laughs> we almost know these by heart, don't we? Uh, so starting in verse one, the hand of the Lord came upon me. Isn't that what we all need? Yes. Yeah, come on. You need the hand of God to come on you. You don't need the hand of your friends. I mean, that's all good, fans, uh, hands of family and others around you. But we, we need the hand of God because he's the one who can lift us. He's the one who can bring us out of whatever we might be facing today. He brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Very dry. Well, that always gets my attention, that fact that they were very dry. Jumping to verse 4, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And it's interesting to note first, God never gives up. No matter how dry the bones are, no matter how dry you might be, God never, ever gives up. We see a valley of dry bones, and we've said many times, God sees a mighty army. And uh, boy, how we need to see that for our Church of New Zealand right now. Uh, see a mighty army rising up. Down to verse 7. <clears throat> so I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise. Suddenly a rattling bones came together, bone to bone. Verse 9, he also said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And here's the best part, isn't it? Say it with me if you can. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. <clears throat> you know, we need to prophesy to dry bones. If they're our own bones, we need to prophesy because that's what brought the bones to life was when they prophesied, they just didn't come to life out of nowhere. Something had to be done. Someone had to prophesy, and uh, we got to prophesy to ourselves for our own bones. So <clears throat> the reason we're on to part two of this is that, you know, the bones here are very dry. The last few years has been to me a relentless assault on our emotional and spiritual well-being. And it's knocked people around uh, in a huge way, and the result is that many are very spiritually dry. But, you know, we find this in the Psalms. We find the psalmist, so don't feel too bad about yourself. Don't stay there. But in the Psalms, we read in Psalm 63, 1 to 2, Oh God, you are my God. This is the psalmist. Early will I seek you. In fact, it's David. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So what did he do? He said, so I have looked for you. Where? In the sanctuary. I looked for you in the church to see your power and your glory. God can turn dry bones into a mighty army. And that's our encouragement today. And he's ready to restore your spiritual passion today. He's not given up on you, and I hope you've not given up on yourself. But let me give you our prayer for all of us today. It's Psalm 85 and verse 6. Will you not revive us again? 
that your people may rejoice in you. So I want us to say that together. Why don't we change that to, will you not revive me again, that I may rejoice in you? How many of you would like that to happen? I'm sure we all would. Come on, let's say it together. Will you not revive me again, that, you're, that I may rejoice in you? Try it again. Will you not revive me again, that I may rejoice in you? That's our prayer. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're going to believe for to take place today. Now, why is it so important to come out of spiritual dryness? Because in Psalm, uh, in Matthew 12, 43, we read it last week, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and hopefully finds none. So the enemy always is looking for dry places. So to maintain access in your life, to mess with your life, he's got to keep you dry. He loves dryness. And so we've got to fight for this to come out of the dryness. There's a really interesting verse I found in Acts 28 and verse 3, which said, when Paul had gathered a, bandle, a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Do you know what I know? What I want you to know? The fire brought out the viper. When you get set on fire, the enemy emerges. He raises his ugly head to dim your fire. He can't stand you being on fire for God. And the fire, it also causes him to be stirred up. And that's why maintaining your fire is a battle. It's telepers nature. It's a battle. I mean, we all know it's a battle, don't we? But we just need to be reminded it is a battle. Maintaining your fire is not a straightforward, simple thing. You have to work hard at it. You have to fight for it. You have to battle away to find, get your fire back. So let me just share with you some symptoms of spiritual dryness. Well, why would I share that? Because the first step out of dryness is you've got to recognize it. You don't recognize it, and a lot of people don't. They just don't recognize that we look at them, we see them, we think, mm, what's pretty. They think, no, I'm on fire. <laughs> so let me give you some symptoms. So just fasten your seatbelts for a moment, all right? So the first one is you're serving while running on empty. So, you know, you're, you're still serving, but you just know, gosh, you're empty on the inside. If that, if that is left undetected, guess what? You, what might happen is you can, it can lead to burnout. So you just got to be a bit careful of that. Second one is you're serving out of duty and no longer motivated by passion. Oh, I've just got to do this. I've got to be there. I guess I should. I'm on the roster. I need to turn up. And, you know, so the, the passion's gone. It's now hard work. Spiritual dryness. Here's another one, or, you know, or maybe there's, there's just no heart to serve God. You know, I don't want to serve God. You know, if we have revived and on fire, <laughs> you try and stop me serving God. So that's signs of spiritual dryness. So this may cut a bit deep for some of us, but uh, online and house, <laughs> but I think we've got to identify it. Here's another one. Our faith is no longer inspiring others to love God. 
In fact, we may be <laughs> discouraging others to love God. So this is not an emanation from us of, of God and our love for God, and it's affecting those people around us. Another one would be, for no reason, we're less frequent in church. You know, Valerie, we just, just, just don't want to be there so much. When we're on fire and we're passionate, and we want to be with God's people, unless we have some real reason not to be, and there can sometimes be valid reasons for that. I understand that. Here's another one. God just feels more distant. <laughs> He's just not, gosh. And yeah, I mean, we'll all have seasons with God's distance, but it's, this is, remains. It stays and even gets more distant. And you're thinking, gosh, where is the presence? Where is, where is it? Now, if that's for a week or two or three, I understand that. But if it's ongoing, does anyone identify? Anyone? No, don't, don't want to raise your hands. Do you know what I'm talking about here? We've got to identify dryness because we don't. We're just going to get more and more dry. Here's another one. Our spiritual life is in a rut. So prayer, it's just, well, it's just too hard. Reading the word, gosh, doesn't never speaks, nothing. This is for a long time. Worship, gosh, why did they have to sing that extra song for? <laughs> you know, it's just like, you, you know, you just, it's just, it's not, just not there. Uh, God forbid, but church is boring. Wow. Wow. Well, here's the good news. <laughs> you can come out of your dryness with greater passion than ever before. What the enemy meant to take you down, God is going to use it to take you up. And I'm prophesying online, in-house, you're going to come out with greater fire, greater passion, greater zeal, greater hunger for God than ever before. You're going to say, devil, you should never have messed with me. Yeah, you took me in a dryness, but I'm coming up. The well within me is springing up, and I'm going to rise with passion and fire, and people around me are going to get burnt by the fire of God. The, you know, when we look to God, we always come out on the positive side. All right, let's go from here to some causes of spiritual dryness. All right, what can make it lead us down this track? Number one, physical exhaustion. Mm, You've got to really watch that one, friends, because if we don't learn to rest, slow down at times, dryness can start coming into our hearts. Watch that one carefully. Secondly, extensive spiritual output. <laughs> so you just keep giving out and giving out and giving out and serving and serving and serving, not realizing that, oh dear, you're almost overdoing it, if that's possible, and not at the same time being refilled and refired and replenished. So that can lead to spiritual dryness. <laughs> I read this obvious statement the other day. Even a petrol station has to get refill those tanks. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because cars come all the day, all day, and they get the bowser out and they fill the tank, and the next car comes and fill it. Guess what? This thing is getting empty. So somewhere along the line, big trucks have to come and fill this thing up. If that doesn't get filled up, there's some poor soul going to come, grab the bowser, put it, and nothing's going to happen. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we're empty, we give out, nothing happens. People aren't impacted, lives are not changed because we're running on empty. Here's a real tough one that makes, leads to spiritual diet. This one really annoys me, and that is opposition. 
you know, criticism. You're working hard, serving God, and then someone comes and criticizes you, opposes you, and just pours a bucket of cold water all over you. And I think we've, many of us have experienced that's one of the worst things to make, and some people can handle it better than others. Can I ask you, in-house online, please do not criticize other people. Please do not oppose other people. We're all doing our best to live for Jesus. We're all doing our best to serve God. We need to support one another. We need to back one another. You know, if you ever watch sport, and I don't know if you watch sport much, you know, some guy does, you know, they're playing a game and it's tense and, you know, it's right near the end and they've got to score another point and someone gets a ball and they do something dumb. Do you know what happens? The other players come around and pat them on the back and say, you know, keep going, let's keep doing it. I thought, I wish the church could be like that. Yeah, very good. Hey? Yeah. We, we could pat them on the back and say, I know you're doing your best to serve God. I know you didn't quite get that right, but pat them on and keep them going. Come on, church, we've got to learn this, you know? We've got to learn to do this. I reckon one of the, a prophet I read the other while ago said, one of the single greatest reasons for the lack of power in the church is its judgmental and critical spirit. Yes. Judgmental and critical spirit knocks people out. Get rid of it, church. We don't need it in the house. We need to get beyond that. We've got to love one another, support one another. We've got to champion one another. Come on. You know, the Bible is full of love one another. There's so many one another's. And uh, anyway, opposition. I'm not going to show I'm going to get through this message. Anyway, I'll keep going. All right. So here's another one. Wow, this is a tough one. Ongoing trials and struggles. When they go on month after month, year after year, sometimes decade after decade, that is a bitter pill to swallow. And that can lead to spiritual dryness. Now, we don't have to let all these things lead us to spiritual dryness, but I'm just showing you some of the things that get people. And so what I'm encouraging you, if you identify with any of these, just say, okay, I'm not going to let that take me down. I'm not going to let that make me dry. I'm going to fight this thing. I recognize what the enemy is doing. You once had the fire. The fire has brought out the serpent, but don't let the serpent rob you of the fire. Keep going after God. God is for you. God is with you. You don't have to go spiritually dry. God is greater than all these things that the enemy might throw at us. All right, but I'm just giving you some insight into what could be happening in your situation. Here's another one. It's a real tough one as well, and that is unforgiveness and bitterness. Why does that make us spiritually dry? Because it creates a barrier between us and God. When we have unforgiveness, the Bible says God doesn't forgive us. If God doesn't forgive us, there's a barrier between us and God. We wonder where is the presence, where is the fire, where is the passion? Friends, can I encourage you once again that if that's got you, please deal with it A-S-A-P, as soon as you can. All right, let's get to the good news. (laughs) Did anyone find that helpful? Is that helpful? uh, I hope so anyway. Uh, If not, uh, just remember I had five minutes to prepare this message. All right, (laughs) that's my excuse for today. I said to my wife, don't expect anything major this morning. All right, and uh, she said, I'm not. (laughs) She said, I never do. <laughs> so let's try this. How are you going to come out of spiritual dryness? Well, for a start, 
Tonight will help you. It will really, really help you. We're going to do everything in our power to bring you out of dryness tonight. So the whole night is geared around that. And so we're going to do a number of things based on the message this morning. And so if it interests you, then come along and join us. But the first thing will surprise you, and that is learn to give your, learn to give God your not enough. Learn to give God your not, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. Actually, <laughs> you know, when a natural fire goes out, right? Or when it looks like it's gone out, it isn't necessary out. Because if you stoke it and blow on it and feed it, it will soon be a flame again. I'm here to prophesy to you. You may feel that your fire has gone out. But I'm telling you, it has not gone out. It is still in you. It may be at a low level. It may be at a low ebb. But the fire of God is still in you. And we're going to help you to blow on it, breathe on it, feed it, and bring it back to life. So sooner than you believe, you are going to be back on fire again. But what you need to do, my point here is this, is give God your not enough. You know, you say, God, I've, I've, I'm dry. I haven't got much. Look, I'm telling you, give him the little that you have got because I know my God can do a lot with very little. He doesn't need much to do something amazing in your life. And the devil's going to say to you, no, no, you ain't got anything left. You might as well call it a day. You're going to be spiritually dry for the next 10 years. I say, no, you are not. Whatever you've got, I don't care how small that ember, how little that spark, give it to God and see what God can do do in and through your life. Remember the boy, five loaves and two fishes. That's all he's got. There's 5,000 plus, probably 10, 15,000 people out there needing to be fed. The boy could have thought, thought, this is not enough. What did he do? He gave God his not enough. And what did God do? God blessed it. God multiplied it, and he fed the thousands. God can do so much with the little that you have if you will put it into the hands of the master. Give the little fire you have to God. Give it to him today. Give it to him tonight. Give it to him whenever. And watch what God will do with your not enough. Tell the person next to you, give God your not enough. Mm. You might feel in your situation, you don't have enough faith for your breakthrough, right? You don't have, you say, God, I've got this mountain, my faith is so small. Give God your not enough faith. And watch what God will do with your not enough faith. All you actually need is a mustard seed anyway. So there we go. That's point number one. Number two is this. God is ready to refresh, refire, and revive you. He's ready right now. I base this on a wonderful scripture found in Revelation 3 and verse 20, which says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Listen online in-house. Right now, this instant, I'm talking to you right at this moment, 9.54 a.m., God is knocking on the door of your heart. He's knocking right now. He's knocking, and he's saying, come on, just let me in. Let me in, and we are going to fellowship together. You know, God's not out there at a distance. Don't put yourself, don't think that God is is distant from you. Don't separate yourself from God. 
thinking, no, I can't do that. You know, I've got too many issues. No, no, no. The blood of Jesus has dealt with all our sins and all our problems and all the rest has dealt with all of that. You know, we're under the blood of Jesus. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Come with boldness to the throne of grace. We can do that, friends. We can come close to God and he will come close to us. So right now, it's hard to believe it. He's knocking, unless the Bible's not true. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, I want to come in. I want to revive you. I want to replenish you. I want to refire you. So this is the prayer that you need to pray. And we're going to help you to pray it uh, probably tonight. But Lord, I open the door of my heart. Please come in. Renew me. Replenish me. Refire me. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing you do can ever separate you from the love of God, especially when you confess it and put it under the blood of Jesus. So he is ready to refire you and refill you up. Let me tell you a story. You know, there's a lot of things we can do to keep ourselves and our children filled with the Spirit. <laughs> Someone passed this story on to me. It's about this pastor, and he was one of five children. And, you know, they gave their parents a, a pretty rough time. And he says that, uh, you know, but the parents were always in the Word. They always had a word. You know, every time, you know, they talked to the parent, they had a word. They had a verse of scripture. They had a prophetic word for the kids, and it really annoyed the kids. But underneath, he was doing something, he said, deep in their lives. His parents were just word people, and they had the word for their kids all the time. They didn't like it, but it still went on. Anyway, he said one night, he wakes up. He's in the middle of the night, he kind of feels all this, this, this liquid on his forehead. And he thinks, gosh, there must be a leak in the roof and I'm getting all, getting all wet all over me. And when he came to, he realized it was his mother. And his mother had this bottle of anointing oil and she was pouring it on her son and she was pouring it on her and she was direct, declaring scriptures, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, no weapon formed against my kids are gonna prosper. I surround this room with the angels of heaven. Everything that is not of the Holy Spirit in this son's life, get out in Jesus name. If God be for him, what can be a girl? I don't know. She went on scripture after scripture after scripture. And when he woke up, he saw all this oil over him. He's just freaking out. (laughs) But all five of those kids are serving God today. And all their children are serving God and in God's house. Parents, go home tonight, get a bottle of oil. And when your kids are asleep, pour it on them and see what God will do. But they were in the Word, friends. These parents understood that spiritual dryness, spiritual fire is not a given. You've got to do something about it. Do what you can. You may not do it with the oil. You may do something else. But do something. You know, keep your kids in the faith and keep your kids with the Lord. I just love that story. I thought it was just fantastic. Going to Ezekiel 37, verse 9, it says, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Friends, we need to invite the wind of the Spirit to blow upon us. When did you last do that? When did you last ask the wind of God, the wind of the Spirit, 
to blow upon us. It says here, he said, prophesy to the breath. You know, say, say, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon me. Friends, we, we believe here. You know, we believe in the power of God. We believe in the presence of God. We believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the breath of God. We believe in the wind of God. We need the wind of God to blow afresh upon our lives today. You know, we put a lot into a Sunday service. We learn a lot of, a lot of planning. There's, a, there's run sheets, there's structures, there's ushers, there's, there's kids' church, uh, there's songs, there's, there's preaching, uh, there's so many other things. But when we've done all that we can do, friends, we need the wind of God to come. We need the power of God to come. We need the Spirit of God to come. We need another Pentecost. We need the fire of God to come on our life. Set us ablaze for Him. We say, come from the four winds. Come, O breath of God, and breathe upon this, your people. Breathe upon me. Breathe upon the slain and bring us back to life. So we're going to do this tonight. We're going to invite the wind of the Spirit of God to come. Friends, we can do all the church stuff for as long, forever we can do it. Structure it, have it all planned out. But you and I know, unless the wind of God comes, nothing much happens. But that wind is getting ready to come. It's not far away, folks. We had a great half night of prayer on yesterday and there are times there where, gosh, you get the feeling that it's not far off. You know, as a church, we've been praying 30, 40 years almost for the heavens to open, for revival fire to fall. Some of you have come in late Last few years, you're going to enjoy the well that's been dug for 34 years. But I'm telling you, the heavens are going to open. God is going to pour out His Spirit. There is going to be a revival. And I think it is not that far away. I wish I could put a date on it, but uh, I can't. Not yet anyway. So let's believe it. You know, when Ezekiel called for the wind, the wind came. And the dry bones became an exceedingly great army. And that's what I believe God is wanting to do and will do. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, as we just begin to draw this to a close. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word used here for to be filled means to be continually filled. It says be filled with it. it. says be continually filled with the Spirit. We can't just be filled up on an occasional basis. It can't be just one you know, moment when we got touched by God. We gotta be continually filled day by day by day. Every day we need to keep filling ourselves up because the Spirit drains out of us for many and varied reasons, sometimes because we're giving out, but for other reasons as well. So we just gotta keep filling. We gotta be continually filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. So tell the person next to you, you need to be filled every day. Yeah, every day, folks. Every day. If you don't do this every day, you're going to be draining, draining, draining. But then the beauty of Scripture, it tells us how. It tells us how. It gives you three ways to be filled. Number one, it says, speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In other words, speaking to one another around the Word of God. Speaking to one another around the Word. How do you do that? In a small group. 
You discuss the word of God. Get into a small group. Discuss the word of God and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just that extra filling with the Spirit that comes from that. So that's one of the ways. Then it says the second way it says is, uh, what does it say? What was the second one? Yeah, singing and worship. We covered that last time. Numbers 21, 17. Spring up, O well. All of you sing to it. Sing to the well within you. Hopefully we'll do that tonight as well. Sing to the well. And the third one, giving thanks always for all things to God. Friends, these will all fill your tank. Being in a small group, sharing around the word of God, singing, worshiping, you know, singing to the well within you on a daily basis. You think, but I haven't got a good voice. Hey, look, God doesn't mind your voice. Your wife might, your husband might, your kids might, your neighbors might, but God doesn't mind your voice. So sing, I sing to the Lord every day. Anyone else with me on that? Yeah, Yeah. I sing every day. God loves my voice. He thinks, man, that's the best voice going in town. (laughs) He just loves my voice, yep. So sing every day, and hey, then it says giving thanks always. So you've got to be giving thanks every day. So can, you, can I just say this, repeat that again, because very simple, all right? Number one, be in a small group sharing around God's word. That'll fill you with the spirit. Number two, singing. Sing every day, sing to the Lord, listen to Christian music, whatever. Number two, and number three, give thanks every day. If you do that, you'll keep filling yourself up. Okay? And you'll have strength against the work of the enemy. All right, one more thought here. Go into all the world. Mark 16, 15, verse 8, and go into all the world, preach the gospel. These signs will follow you. Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. What's my point here? The more you go, the more God fills you with his power, his presence, and his spirit. If we don't go, if we don't serve, why do we need the fire? You shall receive power, why? To be witnesses. The more you go, the more God will fill you with the Spirit. And I've had a prayer of recent times, and this is it, is that we need to ask God, would you put the go back in us? Put the go back into the church. We need that go, friends, because I think the Western church has lost the go, and losing the go, it's lost its fire, it's lost its power, it's lost its influence in community. We need to get the go back in us, and I'm praying, God, put your go back in me. We've been praying this as a staff. We prayed it at a half night of prayer meeting. <clears throat> we just need to go, friends, and you know, ask God to do that. So someone sent me a text the other day and said, we need to go to your neighbor. How about that? Go and do something kind for somebody. What about go and sort out that issue that you're struggling with? Go and share Jesus. Go to your prayer closet. Get off your bed and go after your breakthrough. Just go. <laughs> Come on, God. Put, I, I told the half night of prayer last night. You know, the first two letters of God is G-O. Go. And the first two letters of golf are G-O. Go. That's why I play golf. It's a God thing, I'm sure of it. So tell the person next to you, go. Go and yell it to them. Shout at it. Shout at someone online. Shout it to someone. Go. <laughs> the church has to recover the go. We have to recover the go, friends. That's the whole reason for the existence of the church, is to go and make disciples. So when we get the go, we'll get the fire. We'll get the fire and we'll, the spiritual dryness will go and we'll come alive in God. So here's a promise of God for you. My last scripture. Isaiah 44 verse 3. I will pour water on him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Not only that, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. 
Here's another important reason, friends, to get spiritually fired up for the sake of your kids and your grandchildren. Friends, I'll pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. So, friends, that's the promise of God. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. Get ready for God to set you on fire. In Jesus' name, amen.